Welcome everyone to the Pure Wrestling Show podcast. My name is Greg Frabel. You'll be getting about five minutes of me here for the beginning of the show before I hand things over to Kyle and Don. Uh, this is going to be my first podcast here on the show, so uh, bear with me as I get used to things and how it all works. Um, little background on me, uh, those of you who attended the first ever Pure Wrestling Federation show that took place in Scranton, Pennsylvania a couple years back. It was at the Lackawanna College uh, Recreation Center, whatever they use it for now. To me, it'll always be the old school CYC, the Catholic Youth Center. Tons of old WWF shows used to happen there. Went there many times as a kid. So to do uh, ringside commentary for a show there was like a mini dream come true for someone who grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, those of you who are at that show also would have noticed uh, guys like Joey Janela, who's now wrestling for AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Renee Michelle was also at that show. Uh, she also appears on AEW. And there's also a picture floating around somewhere on the internet of me, my color commentary partner that day, Ken, and Sanjay Dutt, who was at that show. Uh, he stood next to our announce table and was banging on the ring bell there and someone took a really cool picture of it and I was never able to find that picture so if anybody happens to see that picture floating around the internet feel free to send it on my way. Uh, a little about what I'm going to be doing here on the show is it's going to open up with me for about five minutes and that's it. I'm going to be usually doing a little bit of a breakdown of a legendary wrestler or we're going to be doing a thing called This Week in Wrestling where we're going to be talking about certain events, shows, Things that happen to certain wrestlers during that particular week in time. But today, all I'm going to be doing is a quick breakdown of a legendary wrestler. I was asked to do Ric Flair. Now, Rick's been in the news a lot lately, uh, but what we're going to be focusing on is the wrestling part of that. I'm sure some of you heard the other stuff that was going out Ric Flair, but that was all debuted. That wasn't Ric Flair, which is a funny joke. So we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus more on Ric Flair's release from the WWE and him returning home to the NWA, which is, you know, those of you who are big wrestling fans know that's really where Ric Flair and the whole Nature Boy kind of came to life in professional wrestling. Um, so what we're also going to be breaking down is like the favorite matches of that particular legendary wrestler. So, to get started with Ric Flair, first of all, the whole NWA thing, uh, Rick's already appeared uh, in some un NWA shows. He uh, accompanied his son-in-law, who, uh, you know, Ric Flair's daughter, we all know Charlotte Flair. That's his uh, son-in-law. He appeared in AAA Worldwide on August 14th. Uh, he just came out as his son-in-law's manager. He got in the ring, threw a few, you know, Ric Flair chops, did a few woos, and, uh, Got some action in the ring, and for Ric Flair's age, like, that's really cool to see Ric Flair still in there doing his thing, which I think personally had a part to do with why he wanted his release from the WWE. Uh, basically, all he ever did in WWE was would walk Charlotte to the ring every now and then. He really didn't do much else. I think here in NWA, obviously, we're not going to see a Ric Flair putting on the tights and getting back in the ring, but I think you're going to see him doing more physical things and getting more involved in matches. Um, he's going to be appearing at NWA 73, wrestling event at the Chase. That's going to be on Sunday, August 29th. 
basically almost 30 years after winning his first NWA championship. As you know, Ric Flair was a 10-time NWA world champion. And my favorite match of all time for Ric Flair had to be going back to 1990s, WCW Great American Bash. Now, people will say, well, he lost that match to Sting. Granted, he lost the match, but I thought, for me, one of my favorite all-time Ric Flair matches. Um, you had the uh, dudes with attitudes at ringside. Uh, Junkyard Dog was one of them. Uh, they were basically at ringside to keep the four horsemen from getting involved with the match. They wanted to keep this like a one-on-one -on -one Sting versus Ric Flair match. Just a lot of interaction, different guys coming to the ring. A lot of action going on. I thought it was a really, really well-done match. Even though Ric Flair ended up losing the match, it's still one of my favorites. Uh, you know, Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat, one of my all-time favorite matches. Even though I'm a Savage fan, he lost the match. Still one of my favorite all-time matches. So, uh, that's going to be about it for me. Uh, they told me to keep this thing around five minutes. I just went over five minutes. That's my breakdown right now for Ric Flair. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing a lot of different legendary wrestlers as I get more comfortable and fluid with this. We'll go into more in-depth analysis on the guys, and definitely the This Week in Wrestling, we're going to break down a lot, too. So I'm going to hand it off to Don and Kyle now. That's it for me. I will catch you guys next week. You guys have a great time. Thank you, Greg, for that introduction and the information on the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I'm here with Kyle D, and today we have a special guest, Dan Marsh, one of the referees here in the Northeast. Kyle? Yeah, so uh, as uh, you know, Don, uh, we all uh, know Dan going back for some time now. Um, Dan, we're glad you could be with us today. Um, you know, we wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, just your experience uh, in the business. Um, you know, we'll start off with uh, how did you even get started? What made you even uh, get involved? Um, I've always loved wrestling since I was a kid. Um, going all the way back to the Attitude Era, that's when I really started watching wrestling. And obviously with the Ministry of Darkness, I, 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 was, I grew attached to it. Okay, so it was the uh, Attitude Era of the WWE that really got you in. I'm, I grew up watching before that, um, so the Attitude Era was a pretty strong thing. Um, yeah. What was the reason you uh, joined in? like joined the business and got into wanting to be a ref as opposed to say a wrestler, like most people at that age. Um, well, when I first started in the wrestling business, you know, at first I wanted to be a wrestler, but then, you know, I realized that wrestlers are a dime a dozen. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, and there's not a lot of refs, you know, and good quality refs at that. Um, so I figured, you know, I'd probably make it a lot farther if I'd be a ref instead of a wrestler, unless I'm like the type like Rey Mysterio to where, you know, I can fly all over the place. And I just, I just didn't see myself as being that type of small wrestler guy. So when you finally made that decision, Dan, um, you know, to get involved and ultimately go down that, that path of being a ref, um, uh, how did you get started exactly? Like, who did you train with? Uh, who kind of got that ball rolling for you? Um, I actually got my first refing gig uh, through the PWF show. That was my first time being in front of a live crowd. You know, it was a battle royal, but it was still, you know, getting my feet wet. And then, you know, after that, 
Um, I went to train with uh, Mike Marvel, um, Eric Eichhorn, um, Sean Andrews uh, out in Wilkesbury when Marvel had his school. And then he left and closed his school. And then, you know, that's when I got introduced to uh, the Wild Samoans, Samu. The WWE legend, Samu Anawaii? Correct. That's how I and originally got my start. What's that training like? Um, I learned the old school way. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, Sam needed a quality person to be there every show. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in becoming a rep. And Sam was like, okay, well, just make sure you show up to every show, uh, you know, help set up the ring, break down the ring, uh, sweep out the ring, you know, set up guardrails, set up chairs. And then he's like, okay, well, we're going to stick a ref shirt on you and see how you do. And we'll, tra we'll train you before, before and after shows. Yeah, so it really sounds like, you know, over the past years then, um, you know, it, you've really paid your dues and uh, given a lot to this business. And, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, the legendary Samu training you. I mean, I, I don't think it could get any better than that. Um, you know, when you take into account uh, the career up to this point that you had on all the various uh, shows you've been involved in, do you have a uh, particular match that you refed um, that, that just sticks out to you as, you know, the, the favorite match you were ever a part of? Um, probably any match I've ever had with Appa Jr. and Gene Snitsky. Um, those two in the ring together, they, they try to get, to get the ref and other people just to break character. Cause Gene, he's just a natural funny guy. And, I, I try so hard to keep my composure when I'm in refing a match because he just says funny stuff. And, you know, I, obviously I have to be serious because obviously I'm in, I'm the sheriff. So I like working with Gene and Alpha because they're fun to work with. So you mentioned you've been in the ring with them. Uh, no time from time, refs take uh, hits from the wrestlers. Uh, have you ever been hit by either one of them too? And what was it like? Um... Gene Snitsky, no. Um, but Alpha, I can't even count how many times I've been super kicked. Samoan dropped, corner splashed. Uh, that same thing goes with Samu. Uh, Lloyd. I, it's too too much to count when I've been, super, like I said, super kicked or Samoan dropped. I lost count. So, uh, you know, we know, like I said, for a long time, we've known you. Um, we know all the different shows you've been um, You know, is there any advice that uh, you would give to anybody that, let's say, um, wants to get involved? You know, maybe they're looking to become a ref. Uh, any advice you can give them? The first word of advice that I would give them is work on your cardio, first and foremost. Um, because as a, as a ref, you need to be able to get up and down, up and down, you know, sprint across the ring if you have to, you know, get in and out of the ropes. And a cardio is a big, big thing. Cardio, stamina. Um, so that's definitely one of the things I do recommend. And also go to a, a, you know, a reputable school like the Wild Samoans down in Allentown. Uh, Danny Cage out in uh, New Jersey. The Monster Factory. Yeah, Monster Factory. 
uh, AML Wrestling down in North Carolina. If you guys, if there's anybody listening that's in North Carolina, you got the Wild Samoan Training Center down in Flo- Mineola, Florida. Okay, and of course, there are many reputable schools all over the country run by many legit vets. Uh, it'd be really hard to list them all. But oh, absolutely. yeah, said, definitely find a reputable school with a trainer who has put other wrestlers or refs into the bigger shows. If they're training guys who aren't getting paid, they're not training them properly. Uh, that would be my advice to everyone out there. Now, Dan, I do have a quick question for you. Besides sure. cardio, what would be the probably number one most important thing to remember to do as a ref? Uh, number one would be to assert your authority in there. Number two, you also want to make sure that your your counts are always the same. Your as we call it, the cadence of your count. So, you know, it depends on the ref, but as long as your counts stay the same, everything else will just come naturally. That is one of the most important things and the hardest things to learn uh, is is making sure your counts are always the same, whether it's, you know, a, a two second or, you know, one second. They always have to be in the same. They cannot be off. Otherwise, it throws you off and then it throws the workers off. You know, it's, it's happened to me plenty of times where my counts have been off, you know, and, you know, it, it falls back on me. But there's also been time where my counts have always been correct and the wrestler didn't kick out in time and, you know, they've gotten mad at me. And then I say, look, you can go back and look at my counts. They're always the same. And that's another thing. When the wrestler does not kick out and my counts are the same, that is not the referee's fault. That is the fellow worker's fault. That's one thing I'll stress to newer referees. And also before I stop there, I do have to give a lot of credit to Chris Levin. um, Because without Chris Levin, I wouldn't know a lot of the things that I do now. Yeah, Dan, uh, you know, uh, you've provided just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, Dan was mentioning Chris, and, um, you know, Chris definitely is a wealth of knowledge. And uh, we've known from experience, too, um, everything uh, Chris has uh, contributed to the um, You know, as well as Dan, he, even if it, it's just been, um, you know, up towards us in Northeast PA. Uh, so if there's any promotions, Dan, that are interested in, in bringing you on their show to ref, um, how can they go about booking you? Um, they can go, they can go and email me direct the ref 28 at gmail.com. So is there any last minute advice you would say you have for anyone looking to get in this industry, whether it's as a ref, a wrestler, or in any aspect of it, what would be the best way somebody could go around? Go about getting involved. Um, you know, and if any of our listeners have any questions, they can email me at DanTheRef.com. I will be happy to answer any questions they may have. I can also help them direct them into a school in their area if need be. And if they're local to me and they want to come see what it's about, shoot me an email and I will do the best I can to accommodate them and help them and introduce them to the right people. So the best thing to do is just just try to get involved. Just show up and ask the right. help. Yep. That's, that's the one thing you can always do. And also, before, before I go, um, number two importance, especially with new refs or just in general, if you're looking to get in the business or you're in the business, no matter if you're on that show or not, always, always, always pack your gear and have it with you because you never know because it's 
Picard is subject to change. That even as a ref, always carry a backup. So wear, get a plain pair of black tights. Get a, get a mask because you never know if you're going to be needed for anything. Yeah, I mean, ain't that the truth? Uh, you know, Dan, we can't thank you enough for uh, coming on the show with us and just talking about, you know, your various experiences. Um, for anyone listening, uh, you know, Dan's a great guy. You know, as I mentioned already, uh, Don and I know him personally. You know, we go way back. Uh, we all kind of started really together in a way. Um, so there definitely is a, a strong bond there um, and connection. Um, I'm, I'm sure you probably share the uh, same sentiment, Don. Oh, yes, definitely. Like I said, Dan is Dan has been one of our go to guys for a long time. Uh, anybody ever needed anything always come through, whether it's behind the scenes or in the ring. I do got to say Dan is a great. And that was our interview with Dan Marsh, referee in northeast Pennsylvania and surrounding areas. He can be contacted once again through his email at danthereff28 at gmail.com. And I do want to point out that I'm here still with Kyle D, that our interviews with all of our guests today and going forward are completely unscripted, so you're not getting any predetermined answers. Our guests are hearing their questions for the first time. Yes, uh, we'll never be scripted. Um, you know, th this is an opportunity for not just fans, uh, wrestlers alike, managers, referees, uh, everyone, um, you know, from the top down uh, to get involved, have some fun. Uh, we're all going to learn a little bit together. Um, you know, we'll have various experts uh, on here uh, to just kind of share the knowledge they've gained over the years. Since we are just starting out and this is our first episode, we do want to point out that there are ways for fans to help us grow and there will be links in our anchor page where you can give us support and we will soon be starting a patreon account that will be shared where we'll have special gifts and levels for our fans where they can participate uh, sometimes even directly with shows and special chats with guests that will be private just for our fans and uh, we also want to remind you guys as well um, that we will be releasing new episodes every Friday. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, not only that, but please follow and like the Facebook page at the Pure Wrestling Show. Uh, you know, you can keep in touch with everything that's going on uh, as we advertise uh, who we're going to have on and what we'll be doing. And above all, we do value audience participation. And while our show is not live currently, we do plan on trying to get to that level in the future. So we would love it if our fans could either leave questions on our Facebook page or message them through us through the Anchor app, and we will be able to play them on the air directly to our guests. So that'd be a great way to participate and maybe hear yourself in the podcast. So with that being said, I'm Kyle D. And I'm Don Wiggins. And this is the Pure Wrestling Show. And welcome to the next segment of the show. Today we're going to be interviewing a professional wrestler from Buffalo, New York. Goes by the Madness of Trip. Welcome to the show. Um, 
Kylan here. I'm going to ask you a few questions and uh, help our audience get to know you some. Hey, Trip. Great to have you on the show with us today. Um, so let's just kick this right off, man. Um, you know, how did you actually get started in this business? You know, where did it all start for you? Oh, man. Uh, we've been around the wrestling world since we were a child. We used to live in Pennsylvania. We started to cut our teeth training with Alpha before we moved to Florida. We finished our training in Buffalo, New York with the All-Nighters. And uh, we've, we've attended many, many a seminar and gotten a lot of mentoring over the years from uh, more exclusive names, but we wouldn't necessarily say that they were our trainers. And uh, we've been around the business again since we were about four months old. And now, ooh, not to date ourselves, but a couple of decades underneath us definitely give us some kind of credence to uh, knowing what we're doing. <laughs> hey, we brought up something quite interesting there that even I wasn't aware of, and I've known you for several years now. You said you got around the business since you were about how old? You said four? Uh, about four months. Um, my mother actually used to date uh, Tito Santana for a brief period of time. Wow. Gotcha. Okay. So that that's pretty interesting. That That's something I'm sure a lot of the fans had no clue about. Um, like I said, I've known <laughs> you for years and I didn't know that. Um, so I personally, like I said, I've known you for several years and you've always had some interesting characters that you've played over the years with your current persona. How did you come about that? What led up to being, you know, the madness of trip? Like explain that. Well, in essence, it's actually, it's always been the same persona. It's always been trip. It's just, it's been an evolution of one idea and it's just, it's grown. It's taken its own shape and it's had its own, it had its own adolescence. It's had its own maturity. It had its own, you know, way of fermenting. You know, it went from being just, you know, a stiff drink that not everyone could handle to a fine wine that everyone likes to enjoy. Or there are some people out there that, you know, bluntly hate wine. So we're not their cup of tea. So that's fine. We're good with that. It's the madness of trip is the evolutionary process of what happens when a person takes the psychology of wrestling and the psychology of the human mind and melds the two, dissects the two, and then rebuilds it as one. Wow, that's crazy. Still processing everything you said. Um, you know, you've been around in the business for a long time. And just looking back on your career as a whole, everyone that you've actually been in the ring with so far, do you have a particular favorite match or perhaps a particular favorite opponent you went up against? Favorite match or a favorite opponent? Hmm. Yeah, either or. Both. Whatever you got, man. As far as favorite matches, uh, we can actually say that we've had some of our better matches and some of, our, some of the more favorited matches in recent time. We recently had the opportunity to wrestle one-on-one -on -one against H.C. Uh, Loke. Um, just recently at New York Championship Wrestling, we wrestled against a very young, very talented wrestler, Young Jay Lee, who uh, was recently featured on Grapplers Anonymous against Daniel Garcia, who you've seen recently in AEW. Oh, so wow. I, we can honestly say that we've had some of our better matches and more favorite matches coming out of the uh, quarantine year. Now, that's interesting because I'm hearing a lot of others talk about how they're feeling refreshed and everything. Do you think that's a lot due to the fact that guys got a lot of rest, had time for their bodies to heal, 
and not having to be able to focus on anything physical, just more maybe focusing on the mental aspects of professional wrestling? I don't know if quarantine actually helped a lot of wrestlers mentally. I know it helped a lot of wrestlers physically. Uh, a lot of wrestlers probably had nagging injuries or minor injuries or even some major ones that they didn't take care of. Uh, I know specifically some people had uh, had knee issues that were gearing up for big high-profile matches in March of 2020, and then everything happens, the world takes a pause, and then they have no choice but to spend the next year, year and a half, nursing said injury. And now they come back and they're a better performer. And in our case, it was a matter of not not stopping at that wall, not making sure that we do everything we can to either stay relevant or when everything opened up again to increase our relevancy. And we decided to attack everything head on. And as we mentioned earlier, we've had probably some of the best matches of our career just coming back from quarantine this year alone. That well, makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, so we definitely learned a lot about you today. Um, you know, for anybody listening, um, you know, uh, perhaps among them was, uh, your mother's dating preferences. Um, <laughs> well, she went from a wrestler to a cop. So, um, sorry, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, um, same size, well, different size, uh, sides of the same coin, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> but no, man, that, that, that's awesome though. You know, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, for anybody that's interested, uh, in booking you, how can they actually go about that? Uh, the easiest way to reach us is through all of our social media contacts. Um, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, universally, you can hit us up at the madness of trip. We don't really stray away from that. That's that's who we are at any given point in time, all times of the day, in the ring, away from the ring. Uh, as we say, madness is contagious. And in our case, madness is everlasting. <laughs> I, I completely feel you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did point out something that uh, kind of a follow-up to the previous question um, it's great to get the information out there, and we'll make sure we put that in our show notes. So if you didn't catch that, it'll be in our show notes. Um, but you mentioned you can be reached through multiple forms of social media. And prior to that, you said you did everything you could to try to make sure you stayed relevant. Was using social media a big part of trying to help keep yourself relevant? Absolutely. I mean, we were literally at a point where human interaction was limited or non-existent. So social media was almost the only outlet a lot of professional wrestlers had. Uh, and that includes the ones that are seen, you know, worldwide and nationally. So social media and uh, the evolution of TikTok, which we still don't have, so don't look for us there. Um, <laughs> but even, uh, even the video game culture, uh, Twitch streaming, uh, any kind of interaction that we could get with fans, wrestlers were trying to do because without fans in any form or fashion, whether it's for views, for clicks, or buying tickets, wrestling doesn't exist. We need them just as much as they want us to entertain them. Amen to that. If I may have one more follow-up on this, I know I, I like to do a lot of follow-ups, but I think you touched on something that a lot of younger wrestlers really struggle with um i see a lot of them they use their personal names and stuff like that yet they wrestle under a different name um i noticed for you and like while i do 
know you personally outside of the business a bit. All your stuff is branded the madness of trip. Do you think branding is extremely important when it comes to wrestlers using their social media and keeping their personal and private, uh, their personal private lives separate from their wrestling lives? So I got to answer that in two parts. The first part Go ahead. Uh, is the ease is the quick answer is it's a matter of choice and preference. That's, that's the quick answer. Um, our personal view on it is creating your own brand and brand recognition works in all facets of entertainment. Uh, it works in all facets of merchandising. It works in all facets of creating a singular entity and being able to monetize it and project it. The reason that we personally are the madness of trip instead of over instead of utilizing the name of the, you know, our given name, our government name, our birth name, however you want to look at it, instead of going with that, number one, our, our last name is not that appealing uh, to an audience. Um, and with our first name legitimately being Joe, yeah, we'll break the fourth wall there. Uh, we're pretty common as far as that name goes. So trip or the madness of trip is a much more appealing thing. It's easier to create a logo. It's easier to create a persona. It's easier to, you know, build off of a construct and an ideal than it is just to build off of your own name. Because how many times and how many different ways can you really design the name? We'll shoot out there, John Moxley, or even Dean Ambrose. Yeah. But The Rock was an easily marketable kind of thing. Hulk Hogan was an easy marketable kind of thing. So it really comes down to how well you can market yourself and how much you can create your own brand before someone in an office somewhere looks at your brand and says, hey, we wanna buy that, we wanna market that, we wanna put that on TV. So I firmly believe in branding and creating a separate entity away from your personal life. But again, that's a matter of preference, that's a matter of choice and comfortability. Do you want people hitting up your personal Facebook when you're sitting there and just trying to look at family reunion pictures? And you want to be bombarded with a bunch of fans? Do you want to talk business on, you know, your personal Instagram where you might be sharing pictures of your kids? Do you want your Do you want the fans seeing that side of you if you're not bringing them and parading them around in front of the fans? So I mean, it's nothing against the fans, really, but it's a matter of you should have a private life. You should have a personal life. And what better way to keep that separated than a separation of the person you are in ring and a person of you are of who you are at home? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My degree in marketing completely 100% agrees with you on that. Um, I, I personally feel it's extremely important, you know, as you said, not to just keep your personal life separate, but also to help keep the fans enveloped in the professional wrestling world, you know, so they only see you as your character and not, you know, the guy who works at the bakery down on the corner, you know, I, like that's how I've always felt about it. So I think you brought up a lot of great advice there, especially for the younger talent coming up. Well, it's, it's actually one of our things that we pride ourselves on. We, we believe that independent entertainers and this stems beyond wrestling should be able to market themselves and be able to monetize what they do in entertainment and, there's no better way to do it than create your own brand and build your own brand. Brand recognition is a major thing. You can go and you see a swoosh and you know it's Nike. You can go and see a couple of bars and know that it's Adidas. You can go and recognize the Golden Arches and see it's McDonald's. Those are brands. That doesn't mean the CEO of McDonald's is named, you know, Ronald McDonald. It's it's not the case at all. But 
there's a brand out there that you can look at a logo and you recognize it. And I think that a lot of independent wrestlers nowadays have not been educated on what that means because you can't even say it forgotten because the, the, the wrestling world now is a major amalgamation of the last four generations of wrestlers spanning the last 30 to 50 years. And it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of preference. Not every match is everyone's cup of tea. And the same thing goes with gimmicks and branding and all of those things. So again, it comes all the way back to choice and preference, but our view on it is create a brand, create a persona, stick with it, give them something that's worthwhile and keep your personal life personal. Yeah. Truer words really haven't been spoken. Um, you know, we just went down a crash course of marketing and branding one on one. So, you know, anybody that's listening, um, you know, definitely take uh, what trip here has to say to heart. It's all true. Every word of it. And, uh, kind of to go back a little bit, you know, we started to, uh, to name names a little bit, um, kind of on a, on a final thought here, uh, for you personally, is there anybody in this business that you are dying to get inside the ring with that you have not already? Oh, that's, that's a loaded question. We have a list. Yes. We have a list. <laughs> I um, think every wrestler does. Well, we'll, we'll, man, we'll go right out of the way and say it. Number one at the top of our list is Cody Rhodes. I can see that being a fun match. So, and we'll, we'll give the exact reason of why uh, Cody Rhodes is number one on our list is he came out on AEW dynamite and expressed how he is undeniable. And there's, there's a lot of wrestlers that have probably gone back and watched that, but you know what? I, I watched that. And immediately after I watched that, I watched when Roddy Piper educated Chris Jericho on why we do what we do, that we live for this. And the reason I picked Cody Rhodes as the number one at the top of this list is I, too, am undeniable. But unlike Cody Rhodes, I don't have a surname to run with. I don't have a legacy to chase. I don't have a gifted school that I came from like other wrestlers nowadays. There's, there's no track record behind me or in front of me, or I don't come from anyone's savings, you know, saving graces. I am self made. I am different than the rest. There's a lot of guys that you see in AEW right now that are Buffalo boys and they are all phenomenal wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. Grapplers Anonymous is a phenomenal school. There's your plug, Mikey. Love you guys. (laughs) But we're not a grapplers guy, but we're still staying relevant in New York state. We are not one of those guys. We are a separate entity. So like you, Cody Rhodes, we are also undeniable, but unlike you, Cody Rhodes, our spine is hardened of our own volition. That's nice. That's nice. Um, Now, right now I personally have, no more questions at this point in time. I'd love to definitely have you back on the show. We can like check in in the future, see how things are going for you. Oh, uh, maybe even that. check you out on our show in the future. Um, Kyle, do you have anything? No, man, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, maybe one of these days uh, we might be able to get uh, Cody Rhodes on the show to, uh, to answer everything you just said. Oh, don't toy with our emotions. We love that. 
that I'm going to have to figure out if I can make happen. Uh, I've got some connections I may have to play with. I, I will see what I can do. Um, but that'll be it for this segment today. Um, Trip, it was wonderful having you on. Oh, it was our pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing great things from you in the future. Oh, you will. You will. <laughs> All right, so we uh, want to thank uh, Dan, the referee, for coming on the show again. And we also want to thank wrestler Madness of Trip out of Buffalo for coming on. Uh, you guys provided a lot of great insight, a lot of great knowledge. We also want to give a shout-out to Greg for our opening segment. Uh, we look forward to more uh, amazing you know, wrestling-related uh, stories and history along the way from him. Uh, Don, any final closing thoughts for you? Uh, yes, I just want to touch on base that the fact that we are a new podcast, and of course, I'm sure as our listeners heard, there were a few little minor technical hiccups and glitches along the way, nothing we won't get ironed out in time. And if you'd like to help us iron that stuff out, you can show your support by following along on Anchor and sponsoring the show, as well as look for our upcoming Patreon, where we'll offer all kinds of special extras, maybe play for you guys some of the bloopers and things like that, that you're not going to hear here. Absolutely. And once again, we just want to thank all of our listeners and supporters out there for bearing with us through this. This is the first episode. Uh, we're hoping for a lot more to come. Stay tuned every Friday for the Pure Wrestling Show. <laughs>